Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. I left my heart in San Francisco high on a hill it calls to me to be where little cable cars Climb halfway to the stars The morning fog May chill the air I don't care and a good Friday morning to you. It is July 21st, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, oh, the beautiful voice of Tony Bennett. Oh, there will be none like it ever again. Yeah. Mr. Bennett passed away at the age of 96. What a life. What a singer. Uh, we'll talk about Tony in the news coming up as well, but just wanted to uh, honor him as we open the show this morning. Uh, because he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Even Frank Sinatra said, the great Frank Sinatra said, for his money, Tony Bennett. That was the one, huh? Yeah, so uh, anyway, he really was very popular back, you know, in the golden age, 40s, 50s, and then kind of went away for a while as music changed, but then totally reinvented his career in his 60s. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. did duets with Lady Gaga, uh, Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood, and just and never missed a beat. And a whole brand new generation of people fell in love all over yeah. again with that beautiful voice. Pretty amazing. Uh-huh. But anyway, just uh, rest in peace, Mr. Bennett, because mm-hmm. you brought joy to a lot of people for many, many years through your oh, music. Absolutely. David, I was telling you that uh, during COVID year 2020, when my daughter got married, we had her wedding reception just in our backyard because right. there were no venues available. When they left the party to go on their honeymoon, they played Fly Me to the Moon. Oh, and it was beautiful. Yeah. And as they left, everybody came back into the backyard and just found a partner and danced. That's awesome. Danced in the evening to that yeah. beautiful song. So yeah, you know there are there are songs that are just timeless. Mm-hmm. And That's it. Yeah, and he he sang many of them, and they they were timeless. So anyway, it's uh, sad to hear, but again, what a what a what a wonderful career that he had in life, and all the joy that he brought to people. Speaking of be, bringing joy to people, uh, I want to say to you because we're not going to be here tomorrow. It's Saturday. Tomorrow's your birthday. Happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. It's I've been celebrating for weeks now. I know that. <laughs> 
It's the birthday month. It is the birthday month. Oh, for thank you. you so much. You know, as you get older, though, the the day itself, while it is important to be able to celebrate, is most important with your family. And because of the situation of what all is happening this weekend, the the real celebration of uh, of of my birthday is going to be kind of a few days off, which is oh, okay. Kind of, you know, be flexible. It okay. happens. You have big big plans for the weekend? Uh, not for me, but Scott's involved with that Encounter Ministry. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Summer intensive. That actually begins today at four, runs t- tonight and all day tomorrow into the evening. Oh, okay. So just because of the circumstances of scheduling, yeah. we're just postponing it, probably something on Sunday evening. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, well, you can go out to dinner somewhere. Very nice. Oh, I, I have a few places now that are on my list that I would like to try. Uh, one of them being at the Vancouver Waterfront. Mm-hmm. There's actually a couple places in town here, too, yeah. that I'd like to try. Maybe they'll even be playing a little Tony Bennett A little for you. Tony Bennett. Wouldn't that be a wonderful evening? Which, by the way, his birthday was in two weeks. Oh, was it? Yeah. He would have been 97. He would have been 97, yeah, oh. in, in just two weeks. But uh, anyway, happy birthday. A day, Thank uh, you a so, day early since so we're not very here much. I'm not running the board, so I can't play a birthday you would song. Play a bir- <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to sing something for me then, David. That's right. I will do that. Uh, what do you have coming up today? Well, David, it is a pilgrimage of peace to Japan to free the world from nuclear weapons. Archbishop of Seattle preparing to embark on a two-week mission. All right. Look forward to hearing about that, and we'll give you a little update on the uh, fires burning around the region as well. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. Here is Tori Harris, Face to Face, and we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Tori Harris and Face to Face. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Mount Hood Hospice, they have a very special event coming up. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Brother Louis-Marie de Montfort. Please join me in the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. For more than 33 years, Mater Dei Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Mater Dei Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests. God's providence was so clear to me, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at MaterDayRadio.com. It is 7-12 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, some low-hanging marine layer moved in over the uh, region. It's going to just ease us into this sunny summer day. Oh, yeah. Now, this ridge of high pressure going to keep us sunny and warm, actually, through the weekend. Daytime highs continue to stay in the mid-80s. Today, lots of sunshine as we move through the afternoon. Then overnight, we just dropped to the lower 60s. 
Then a couple degrees warmer for tomorrow, high at 87 degrees. Brenda's birthday. On my birthday, thank you. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> then 84 on Sunday, 80 on Monday. And it looks like those 80 degree temperatures going to keep up through the week. Yeah, it sounds like maybe a chance for just some light rain early next week. Could be maybe Possibly. Tuesday could be yeah. it could be the day. We'll see. That'd be kind of That'd nice. be nice. Yeah. Currently 63 degrees at St. Agatha's Church in Portland. And it is 63 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Well, it is really a special community event coming up on August 24th in Sandy. It is a way for folks to remember friends and loved ones who have passed away before them. Joining Mater Day Radio this morning to give us the details of this time of remembering is the Director of Bereavement Services for Mount Hood Hospice in Sandy, Laura Lorette. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You know, thank you for sending me some uh, photos of last year's event, this time of remembering. And it just looked like such a special day in a beautiful park there in Sandy. So tell us a little bit about the event and uh, who can be involved. So anyone and everyone is welcome to be involved. There's no requirement to be connected to hospice. Um, and my only requirement for who can be remembered is that there's someone who has died and you miss them. Um, so it's very, very open criteria um, as to who can be included in the event. It is at Mining Park in Sandy, which is right off of Highway 26. And it's this beautiful park that's kind of down in a little nook um, with big, tall conifer trees and ferns. Um, and what happens is all the photos that get submitted and names that are submitted, we have printed and frame, um, and then we line the walkways of the park with the photos. So last year, we honored 140 individuals from 69 different households, um, and around 250 people attended. And it's just this beautiful space of people connecting and seeing the people they miss in the context of other people's people. Um, You'll see people interacting and sharing stories. There's little prompts and reflection questions sort of scattered throughout the Remembrance Walk where the photos are. Um, And so people are invited to talk about their people, remember their people with the people they come with or with other people around. that are attending the event. Well, it just looks so special in looking at the photographs that you sent me and, and the involvement there. And again, it, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The park is beautiful. And the way you yeah. have it set up and people walking through the park. How'd you come up with this idea? So it is actually a gift that came out of COVID. Um, in 2021, I wanted to have some kind of in-person remembrance event. We weren't able to do that in 2020. And it just made the most sense to have it in an outdoor park setting that was drop-in, no formal programs so that people could socially distance. Um, And we got such a great response from those who attended that we've just been building on the model um, since. Uh, So this will be our third year. Yeah, and I'm really excited. We have um, a local songstress who's going to be walking the pathway where the photos are providing gentle song. Um, the Portland Threshold Singers are coming out and will be offering song baths and song care um, to anyone who may want to receive some songs for them. 
Um, and we have a bunch of other surprises of things that will be available for folks that are attending as well. Uh, wonderful. Again, speaking with Laura Lorette, yeah. she is the Director of Bereavement Services for Mount Hood Hospice. Again, a wonderful uh, Leadership Circle member of Mater Day Radio, and they have this free community remembrance event coming up on August 24th in Sandy. At, say it's Mining Park again. Is that the uh, correct terminology? There? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking for photographs for people to submit who can be a part of the event. How do they mm-hmm. do that? So they can email them to event at mounthoodhospice.org, and it's mthoodhospice.org. Um, or if that's too hard to remember, if you just Google Time of Remembering Mount Hood Hospice, it will take you to the webpage. Um, that has the video that you were talking about that has photos of last year's event. And then it also has the information about what time the event is, the address of where it is, um, and how to submit photos. Um, if people can get them to me by July 24th, that would be fantastic um, because it does take some time to format every photo. Um, but if they come in a little bit late, we'll figure it out. Right. Um, so the sooner... The sooner the better yeah. for me to receive those to be included. So this, thus far, we have 180 people being honored at this year's walk, and we still have five weeks to go. So I anticipate it might there might be a lot of photos. Yeah, and again, you'll then uh, post these photographs on the different locations around the park. That's how it works. Yeah, so they're all in five by seven frames. Each individual gets a five by seven frame, um, and then I have a a team of volunteers that come out the day of the event um, that help hang all of the the frames along the walkways of the park. And it sounds like, too, you have some written words there as well in looking at some of the photographs. Correct. Yeah, there is poetry embedded. Um, there are breast prompts for self-reflection and self-regulation because um, sometimes emotions get intense. And then there are also reflection questions around just encouraging people to think about and remember different aspects of their person. Mm. Um, And it also provides kind of a conversation prompt. Um, Some of the people who have come in the past, they were talking in a group that I run um, because a a new member asked about the event and multiple ones shared that their favorite part was getting spontaneous hugs from other people on Uh, the walkway, (laughs) which I thought was a really sweet, really sweet. Um, comment that they had of just like the open community and everyone recognizing that they're all there because they miss somebody. Um, Again, that is beautiful. And yeah, I'm wondering too, just over the course of the last couple of years, have you gotten feedback from the folks who have been a part of the event and what they've said about it? Yeah. So the overwhelming feedback that we've gotten is that they really enjoy it being outside that there's something healing about being in that outside setting. Um, They really appreciate the live music, um, that that brings another quality of comfort to them to hear just gentle acapella voices throughout the park. Um, And that they really enjoyed being able to just go at their own pace. Um, It's not a formal program in any way, shape, or form. It's really, here are all the things, and you can explore it in the way that feels right for you. And people said that they really appreciate just having that space to be able to be how they needed to be in the event. It can be emotionally intense, especially as the number of people being honored is growing. Right. 
It's 180 photographs currently, and I don't know what the total number will be. Sure. Well, hanging along a pathway. Um, and so it can be a little intense, yeah. just so people know. That's why the video is on our website, so that people kind of can have an idea of what to expect, so they know if it is within their emotional capacity mm-hmm. to attend or not. Sure. Um, but it is really, really beautiful, um, the way that people support each other. We always have baskets of Kleenex along the walkway because yeah. we just anticipate that might be needed. Um, Give but folks, there's also yeah. a lot of smiles and a lot oh, of laughter that come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So before we run out of time, give folks again the details, mm-hmm. uh, where it's at and how to be involved, where to send the photos. So it's at Mining Park in Sandy, um, and it's on Thursday, August 25th, 24th rather, from 5.30 to 7.30. And you can email names and or photographs to event at mounthoodhospice.org. She is Laura Lorette, the Director of Bereavement Services for Mount Hood Hospice. Laura, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Again, just a really special event you're putting on there. We thank you for that. Thank you so much for highlighting it. I appreciate it. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. It is 722 here at Mater Day Radio. What an important event. Oh. How valuable for those people who will be in attendance. In fact, there's many things happening in our community that you can attend. Head over to our community calendar. Deborah has it full of things beginning oh, yeah. today that'll keep you busy all through the weekend, through the rest of the month, and into the rest of the summer. So be sure to check it out. It is our community calendar at matradayradio.com. Of course, you'll also be able to access it on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. 
These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. We'll have the latest on those fires burning around the region. It's coming up in the news. And it is a pilgrimage of peace heading to Japan to free the world from nuclear weapons. Archbishop Paul H. of Seattle going to be among those who are in attendance. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Wall with Always and Everywhere. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. is calling me back to the altar of heaven's feast where all the lonely and proud of heart come clean and this is your grace and your love for me your justice and mercy is what I
That's Wall, always and everywhere. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news this hour, a delegation from the Archdiocese of Santa Fe and Seattle will embark on a pilgrimage of peace to Tokyo, Akita, Kyoto, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, Japan from July 31st to August 12th. A news release from the Archdiocese of Seattle said the pilgrimage is driven by a compelling vision and mission statement, which is rooted in a world free from nuclear weapons due to their inherent threat to lasting peace. The delegation will be led by Archbishop John Wester of the Archdiocese of Santa Fe and Archbishop Paul Aitchen of the Archdiocese of Seattle and will include representatives from organization and archdiocesan offices dedicated to nuclear disarmament and social justice. In addition to advocating for nuclear disarmament, the bishops hope to establish prayerful and personal relationships with the bishops of Japan. In May, both archbishops, along with Archbishop Peter Nakamura of Nagasaki and Bishop Alexis Shirahama of Hiroshima, issued a joint letter to G7 leaders, urging immediate action to prevent further proliferation of nuclear arms. In that letter, they noted that they are the spiritual leaders of the diocese with the most spending on nuclear weapons in the United States. That's in Santa Fe. The diocese with the most deployed strategic nuclear weapons in the United States. That's Seattle. And the only two dioceses in the world to have suffered atomic attacks. That's Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Well, it's a mixed bag of news when it comes to some of the fires burning around the region. Firefighters have made headway on that big paper mill blaze in Longview, Washington. It has been contained as a helicopter continues to drop thousands of gallons of water on the burning wood chips. So apparently, you know, they drop the water and they got to kind of dig into those chips because that fire goes deep. It's so deep thick. into those. Yeah, yeah. If you've ever crossed that bridge, yeah. you know how massive that, that yeah. wood chip pile is. So that's going to take some work. Uh, a little tougher going down in southern Oregon, the flat fire near Agnes in the Rogue Siskiyou National Forest has grown to over 15,000 acres. Trails, roads, and a portion of southern Oregon's Illinois River in the National Forest remains closed as more than 900 firefighters work to combat that blaze, which is threatening more than 40 structures near Agnes. Now, the Boulder Fire, which has burned around 230 acres in the Mount Hood National Forest, was estimated to be 90% contained as of Wednesday night, according to the United States Forest Service. Hopefully, we'll get a little cooler weather next week, and that'll help the firefighters for sure. And hopefully, maybe that little bit of rain yeah. coming up. Amazon, Google, Meta, Microsoft, and other companies that are leading the development of artificial intelligence technology have agreed to meet a set of AI safeguards brokered by President Joe Biden's administration. The White House said Friday that it has secured voluntary commitments from seven U.S. companies meant to ensure their AI products are safe before they release them. Some of the commitments call for third-party oversight of the workings of commercial AI systems, though they don't detail who will audit the technology or hold the companies accountable. Four tech giants, along with chat GPT maker OpenAI and startups Anthropic and Inflection, 
have committed to security testing carried out in part by independent experts to guard against major risks such as to biosecurity and cybersecurity, the White House said. The companies have also committed to methods of reporting vulnerabilities to their systems and to using digital watermarking to help distinguish between real and AI-generated images known as deep fakes. They will also publicly report flaws and risks in their technology, including effects on fairness and bias, the White House said. Well, if you ever travel busy Highway 217 through Beaverton Tiger, you know how busy it can be. Well, be prepared mm. for even more. And I'm putting this, this is a quote, heavy congestion. Heavy congestion. Heavy congestion. So beginning tonight, ODOT will be closing a northbound lane of 217 for nearly a mile between Interstate 5 and the interchange there and Oregon 99W. That section of 217 will be reduced to one lane all hours and days until oh. 5 a.m. Monday, July 31st. So you're talking a good week here. Closure does not extend onto I-5, but northbound travelers on that freeway may see delays at times as traffic heading to Oregon 217 merges into one lane. Projects hopes to improve the safety along 217 and reduce bottlenecks at the on and off ramps by building ramp-to-ramp connections between Beaverton-Hillsdale Highway and Oregon 99. ODOT warns drivers to expect long delays and plan ahead, or here's the better option, choose another route. Take another route. Yeah. Oh, man. And businesses in those areas will probably be very affected, too. That's busy at best. At the best of times, and now closing to one lane. (laughs) Heavy traffic, heavy headache. No doubt. Well, speaking of roads, the Lewis and Clark Bridge in Longview has reopened to all traffic. As of 5 p.m. yesterday, the Oregon Department of Transportation announced bringing an early end to the closer after just under four days. ODOT closed the bridge to all vehicular traffic on Sunday evening so that crews could replace two finger joints and a fractured floor beam with only emergency vehicles and bikes still allowed to cross. The closure was originally scheduled to take up to eight days, but crews managed to finish all of that work over the past few days. ODOT announced on Thursday and the Washington Department of Transportation also sent its own crews to complete the deck ceiling uh, while they were also doing that in the downtime, which preserves the service life of the roadway. The early reopening will come as a relief to commuters in the area who are facing hours-long detours to get across the Columbia River on Interstate 5 in Portland, on the Astoria Bridge out at the coast, or on the Wakayakum County Ferry. The bridge in Longview carries an average, I was amazed at this, 20,000 vehicles a day, Mm -hmm. providing a critical link for industry in Longview and Rainier. I love uh, Dina Marie sent us a uh, email and it, oh. uh, and it was titled Big News. Big News Big with news. a happy dance. Dina yes. Marie was out there just uh, boogieing it because she was so excited to <laughs> be able to right. cross that again. I mean, she spends a lot of time oh, helping yeah. out the sisters. That's her way in and out That's of the right. city. Thanks, Dina Marie, for that email. And I'm happy that the bridge is reopened for you. Uh, in sports, this is when I sing the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Is it? The college football season <laughs> is fast approaching, with most training camps opening in just a week or two. So the Pac-12 is holding its annual media day today in Las Vegas. 
Yesterday, the conference released its preseason media poll, and both Oregon and Oregon State near the top. Are they? How about that? The Ducks finished fourth in the balloting, and the Beavers fifth. So USC Trojans got the top spot, followed by the Washington Huskies. Huskies right number two. Utah Utes placed third, then behind Oregon and Oregon State. The voters went with UCLA, Washington State, Arizona, California, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. So the Ducks open the season at home against Portland State on September 2nd. That's a Saturday. Beavers start on the road at San Jose State on September 3rd. They're opening up on a Sunday game. So, okay. Uh, those, both of those will be televised, of course. So, David, w- w- isn't there an exodus of one of these colleges yes. from the Pac-12? Is that happening this year? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. USC, who's ranked at the top in this preseason poll, they're leaving as is UCLA. This is their last season oh, in the last, Pac-12. Okay. They're moving to the Big Ten, sadly. <laughs> don't get me don't get me started. Uh, wait, did you just spit over there? I think I did. No, <laughs> I, I, that's how angry I am. That's it. Uh, autism spectrum disorder affects millions of individuals around the world, and more and more children and adults are being diagnosed each year. It is a condition characterized by difficulties in social interaction, verbal and nonverbal communication, and repetitive behaviors. In the past, individuals who possessed these traits were highly misunderstood and often badly treated. They were viewed as different, quirky, or in severe cases, locked in mental institutions. However, with all the struggles of being on the autism spectrum, there is hope that this neurodivergence can be united to the cross of Christ and lifted up to become a great benefit to others. There have been many saints over the centuries who struggled greatly with their behavioral difficulties, but who persevered and followed God's will in the midst of all of it. Having such little information about the life of a saint makes it difficult to make a certain diagnosis of autism. Indeed, the spectrum is broad enough that diagnosis is complex under the best of circumstances. But there are a few individuals where a positive diagnosis may have been likely. And for the purposes of what I'm about to read to you, here are three saints who, if they lived in the 21st century, may have been labeled as on the spectrum. We'll talk about those throughout the show today. The first one they offer is Servant of God, Brother Juniper. One of St. Francis of Assisi's original followers, Brother Juniper was well-loved by Francis for his devotion and profound humility. However, according to the Little Flower of St. Francis, Brother Juniper did not always understand the accepted standards of social interaction. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, just as soon as the show today ends, well, St. John the Evangelist opens up their parish summer outreach sale. This annual sale at St. John the Evangelist in Vancouver benefits the Church of St. Vincent de Paul Society Ministry, including clothes, toys and games, housewares of all kinds, small jewelry, knickknacks, and so much more. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Now I know when you disappear right after the show where I'm you're gone. heading, that's it. Some, leave my stuff alone. <laughs> She's out of here. 
You know, we're going to have a special correspondent at World Youth Day in Portugal, and she was an intern, right, here at she Macha was, Day Radio. She was last summer. It's very exciting. All right. We're going to hear from Bernadette right after the forecast. Macha Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. Join Mater Dei Radio and Holy Cross Priest, Father Jim Gallagher, in a prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mystical Rose, make intercession for the Holy Church. Protect the Holy Father. Help all those who invoke you in their needs. Since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son, Jesus, the grace of keeping our faith, sweet hope in the midst of the difficulties of life, burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Patroness of the Americas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. 744 at Mater Day Radio. We've got some morning clouds out there today. Then it'll become sunny later today. High of 85 degrees. Increasing clouds again overnight tonight. Low of 61. And then Saturday, sunny back to 87. Sunday, sunny 84. So a nice weekend ahead. Currently, it is 63 degrees at the Grotto right here in Portland. And 61 degrees at St. Jude Church in Eugene. In a few short weeks, thousands of young people from around the world will descend to Lisbon, Portugal for World Youth Day 2023. And for some, it's a trip that they've been planning for a very long time. And as they pack their bags and prepare for pilgrimage, they embark on an adventure to encounter the Lord with others from across the globe. Here at Mater Day Radio, we have a unique opportunity to experience the event from the perspective one of the participants. Bernadette Curl was an intern here at Matra Day Radio last year, and she will be at the event and giving us regular audio updates. Bernadette is with me today to share with us much, much more. Good morning, Bernadette. Thanks for joining us today on the show. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? Oh, it is wonderful to see we're doing well. And we are so excited that you came to us a little while ago to let us know about this trip. And we came up with this plan. So that way, well, really, the vast majority of the world 
will never be able to attend a World Youth Day. So we'll be able to experience it through your eyes and your experience. And we're looking forward to this so very much. So Bernadette, for our listeners, tell us how long have you had this on your mind to go to World Youth Day and how long have you been planning this trip? Right. So it was about a year ago that we found out about it. Our parish, uh, which is led by the missionaries of the Holy Spirit, decided to lead a pilgrimage to World Youth Day and a few other countries before we get there. And so I heard it about it uh, about it about a year ago. And right away, I was like, I got to go. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. The missionaries did a great job of making it very affordable. So it was about a year ago that I decided I wanted to go. And then my brother and my younger sister also decided to, decided to go in the next few months. Uh, so we've been preparing for it since then, packing for the past few months, <laughs> getting prepared for that. So going on a pilgrimage is much different than a vacation. Share with our listeners a little bit about what you've done, both personally and spiritually, that gets you in the mindset to enter into a pilgrimage and to be able to have this encounter with the Lord, along with thousands and thousands of others who will be in Lisbon to see the Pope for World Youth Day. Yeah, so I guess one thing practically is that we're not going to be living in luxury in the next three weeks. There's going to be a lot of uh, walking, a lot of affordable housing, So we, and we had to pack very light as well, so we have to be prepared for all of that, obviously. But the spiritual side of things just adds a whole different dimension. We're going to be stopping specifically at churches and holy sites, which are tourist sites, of course, as well, but specifically focused on those holy places. Uh, we are going to have a going away mass for the whole parish uh, to say goodbye to us. And we're going to be offering up our parish's prayers at the different holy sites we're going to. We're going to be taking, we've been collecting different friends and families, uh, sacramental objects to bring to the holy sites. Uh, and then something personally I've been doing is especially praying to St. Bernadette, who is my patron. That and makes we're actually sense. Traveling yeah. to Lourdes, which I am very excited about. So praying to her to pray for me that the trip might be safe, that it might be spiritual, spiritually transforming. Uh, we haven't been, my siblings and I haven't been to s- such important holy sites very often. So it's, it's going to be really amazing. It would make sense, I guess, for, for many of us to recognize that if you are going to make such a trip, you're going to make the most of it. How long from start to finish is this pilgrimage going to take? It's going to be almost three weeks. So we're leaving July 20th and then coming back August 8th. The first week and a half or so, uh, we're going to be traveling to different holy sites in France and Spain. And then about the last week is going to be the actual World Youth Day events in Lisbon and uh, around Fatima as well. Bernadette Curl is joining the show today. Bernadette was an intern here at Mater Day Radio last summer, and she has been in the planning stages of an incredible opportunity to visit World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, and have an opportunity maybe to get a sight of the Pope. So during those weeks, uh, those days, I should say, when you are in Lisbon for World Youth Day itself, do you have an idea of the schedule that will be happening so that way you'll you'll know when there'll be opportunity to gather as a large group mm-hmm. and will there be opportunities to visit with other pilgrims from the U.S.? Yes, so we don't have the like, full complete itinerary as of now, but I knew I do know some of the activities and events will include seeing the Pope, hearing an address from him, 
There will likely be concerts and music. There will be lots of times to gather in big groups with people from uh, young adults from all over the world. So I know we'll have that opportunity. I also know there's a tradition to meet specifically with people from around the world and trade different pins or uh, little objects that represent the country you're from. So just that opportunity to interact with people from other countries, that's what I'm, I'm especially excited for. Bernadette, have you gathered something like pins or different things from Oregon or the United States that you plan on sharing with people and uh, making a little bit of a trade? Yes, so we have some little keychains with uh, the American flag on them. We have some pins as well. We have some little American flag beach balls and then some different icons and holy cards as well, especially of our uh, the missionaries of the Holy Spirit's founders, uh, since they're the ones leading the pilgrimage. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the group that you will be going with and some of the people who will also be in your your traveling partners. Yes. So our group in total, it'll be about 150 people once wow. we actually get once we actually get to Europe. Uh, we're starting with about 20 people, some from missionary uh, from missionary parishes on like the West Coast, a couple of people from San Antonio. I know there are about 15 people, 15 of us coming from St. Matthew and Hillsborough specifically. So it'll be about a group of 30 to 40 people total from the U.S., and then we're going to travel to France. And then in Spain, we're going to meet up with about 100 people from Missionary of the Holy Spirit uh, parishes from Italy, Mexico, and Spain, I believe. Bernadette is embarking on an incredible tour, and she is going to be taking Mater Day Radio along with her so that way we can experience just a little bit about what she is seeing. Bernadette, you said that your entire pilgrimage is going to be about, well, almost three weeks, but the main part of it will be in Lisbon. So in the time that you're not at World Youth Day, you said you're going to be traveling to some different sites in preparing for all of this, many people, we get out our travel guide and we look at the different things. In all of the places that you will have an opportunity to visit, is there someplace special that really is important to you that you're looking forward to seeing? Yes, it would definitely be Lourdes because that's where my patron saint, St. Bernadette, is from. I've especially grown closer to her in the past few years, just really learning more about her, uh, praying to her more often. And I'm especially excited to see where she saw the Blessed Virgin Mary in Lourdes and where she lived. And I can't, I'm, I can't even imagine how amazing it's going to be. Like, I can't even picture myself there right now. I'm just, I'm so excited, but... Bernadette, Pope Francis, we have found out, will be spending a day at Fatima to pray with people there. He's going to be taking the trip by helicopter, and it's not going to be a long day at all for him. But will your tour also give you an opportunity to visit the shrine there at Fatima? Yes, they will. I'm not exactly sure what day we're going on specifically. It'll be sometime in that final week of our trip uh, while we're uh, next to Lisbon. But I'm also very excited for that as well. We should have a full day to explore Fatima, at least. Excellent. And then remind our listeners again, uh, Lisbon will be on there, Fatima. You'll Ooh. also be going to Lourdes, France. What are the couple of the other shrines that are also on your itinerary? So we will go to Paris first. So we'll see uh, Notre Dame there, obviously. 
some of the Spanish cities include uh, Madrid, Toledo, Burgos, uh, and then I believe we're also going to Santiago de Compostela in Spain too. So we'll stop at the different churches and holy sites there as well. Well, Bernadette, it just sounds like it's going to be such an amazing trip. I'm a little bit jealous, but I have all the hopes and prayers for you. We're really looking forward to what you have to send to us. You're going to be sending some audio about your experiences, some of the things that you are feeling and and praying for. And we just really look forward to all of that. So it's just a few short weeks away. Are you all packed? I am not yet. I'm about halfway packed. We're going to get home from our, the trip we're on right now, and I'm going to pack like crazy for about three days. We we have it all planned out, though, so we know what we have to do at least. Excellent. Well, pack well, pack light, and don't forget your passport. Bernadette, thanks so much for joining us today, and it's just great to see you. We really look forward to the audio and some of the video you might be able to take for us and, and carry us along with you. Please, will you take our prayers with you, and we will pray for you as you're on your journey. Thank you, Brenda. I'm looking forward to it. And us too. Again, that is Bernadette Curl. So stay tuned at Mater Day Radio. We're going to have lots of information about how you're going to be able to see the different events happening at World Youth Day. Bernadette, I appreciate your time today. When you get back, let's talk again, because I'm pretty sure at the end of World Youth Day, will they announce where the next site is going to be? We're excited to find out where that is. Yes, I am as well. God bless you. Thanks so much. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. You know, I think we should probably go along. She, do you think chaperones? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Well, these youth well, we need could, a little bit of guidance from uh, mature people like you well, and I. <laughs> we could do some live remotes. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Let's let's pack that up and get going. You can uh, go to Lisbon, and uh, I may head to Nazare, watch the uh, big wave surfing okay. over, over there. So anyway, well, yeah, it's, it's an awesome trip, though. That's wonderful for Bernadette. So I know she'll have a great time, and we'll look forward to hearing from her right here on Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 
757 at Mater Day Radio and remembering Tony Bennett. That's coming up in the news. And who has the best mullet in all of the United States? <laughs> Two young men right here in Oregon think they do. I'll have their story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Jory with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint is St. Lawrence of Rindisi. St. Lawrence was given the name Julius Caesar by his parents. Little Julius was born in Brindisi in the Kingdom of Naples on July 22, 1559. Showing an early gift for speaking, he was always the one chosen to give short sermons to his fellow mates on the infant Jesus during Christmas time. Sadly, little Julius's parents passed away while he was still young. He continued his education under the supervision of one of his uncles. Julius joined the Capuchins at the age of 16. This is when his name was changed to Brother Lawrence. He attended the University of Padua. Remember how I said he was a gifted speaker? Well, he was also gifted at learning different languages. In addition to his native tongue of Italian, he could read and speak Latin, Hebrew, Greek, German, Bohemian, Spanish, and French fluently. Lawrence was ordained a priest when he was 23. At age 31, he was elected superior of the Capuchin Franciscan province of Tuscany. In 1596, Pope Clement VIII charged Lawrence with preaching the gospel to the Jews. He was so adept at the Hebrew language, even the rabbis there thought that he was originally a Jew who converted to Christianity. Three years later, he traveled to Germany and Austria to combat the heresies of the Protestant Revolution. Many Protestants were brought back to the faith by the Holy Spirit working through Lawrence's gift of preaching. In 1602, he was elected Vicar General of the Capuchin Friars, the highest office in the order. He was elected to this office again in 1605, but refused. Instead, he entered the service of the Holy See and became the Papal Nuncio to Bavaria. He retired to the monastery in 1618. A year later, he was called back for a special mission to speak with different leaders to avoid an uprising. The trip in the sweltering heat of summer exhausted him. A few days after this mission was completed, he died on his 60th birthday, July 22nd, 1619. He wrote a commentary on the first few chapters of Genesis and letters against the errors of Martin Luther. Lord, by the intercession of St. Lawrence, please grant that we may develop the gifts you have given us and use them to build your kingdom here on earth. St. Lawrence of Brindisi, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. In your news today, Bishop Mark Seitz, chairman of the U.S. Bishops Migration Committee, urged Congress in a letter issued on Tuesday to pass the Afghan Adjustment Act granting permanent asylum to individuals and families who helped U.S. service members during the war and are now under threat after the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan in 2021. The act was introduced in both the Senate and House on July 13th and would provide support for national of Afghanistan 
who supported the United States mission in Afghanistan and grant an adjustment of immigration status for eligible individuals to support at-risk Afghan allies and relatives of certain members of the armed forces. Speaking for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, Seitz, who is the Bishop of El Paso, Texas, said the Acts passage is a moral imperative for a country such as ours that embraces both freedom and the rule of law. According to Seitz, over 85% of the Afghani refugees who were successfully evacuated face tenuous legal situations and are unlikely to attain asylum under current law. Seitz said that this has led to an untenable situation for tens of thousands of Afghans who helped U.S. soldiers and interests during the war. Well, Oregon's unemployment rate continues to slide. It dropped to 3.5% in June. That's down from 3.7% in May. This was the fifth consecutive monthly drop in the jobless rate, down from a recent high of 4.8% in January. The June rate was near Oregon's record low of 3.4%, which was reached in November and December back in 2019. The U.S. unemployment rate was 3.6% in June, which, of course, very close to Oregon's June rate. So in June, Oregon's employment rose by 5,700 jobs. June's job gain was the largest monthly increase since January when 9,600 jobs were added. Biggest job gains were in government, leisure and hospitality, and professional and business services. Since June last year, several industries have continued to expand with the biggest growth coming in, construction. Okay. A group of priests from the Diocese of Linares, Chile, put their backs to work to help the communities in the foothills that were hardest hit by flooding after rivers and estuaries overflowed at the end of June. Thousands of people had to be evacuated due to the flooding of the Marl River from heavy rains that poured down on southern Chile. Since the beginning of the emergency, Salesian priest Bernardo Benegas, along with Father Alex Troncoso, Father Julio Campos, and a team of Franciscan priests, as well as men and women religious from the area, have been receiving contributions from the community and organizing help. Since then, they have carried in on their shoulders charcoal, water drums, clothes, and food, supplies donated by so many of the faithful throughout the country. The priest said they wish they could solve the problems of the isolation, cold, and loneliness that people are experiencing. However, they appreciate that they can at least bring a little hope, a little shelter, and a little company, and the love of so many people who help. That adds up bit by bit. She gets too hungry for dinner at eight. I'm starving. She loves the theater, but she never comes late. I never bother with people that I hate. That's why this chick is a tramp. <laughs> Uh, One of the greatest singers, crooners, vocalists of all time, Tony Bennett has passed away at the age of 96. His publicist confirmed Bennett's death to the Associated Press, saying he died in his hometown of New York. 
Now, there was no specific cause, but Bennett had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 2016. He died two weeks short of his 97th birthday. Bennett was a timeless icon who could sing the standards in his own eminent style or team up with popular artists like you heard there, Lady Gaga, and still just sound terrific. Bring his legend to another generation of listeners. You and I were watching that video with him and Lady Gaga, and uh, just amazing. It seemed like they had just such a great chemistry that came forward in that song. You can tell that both of them... Yeah, having a really good time singing yeah. together. He he really resurrected his career when he was 60 years old and, and beyond by teaming up with like Lady Gaga, Amy Winehouse, uh, Carrie Underwood, and they all just thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I'm going to look up that interview again, too. Anderson Cooper yeah. recently spent some time with him. Of course, he was suffering from a dementia and starting to forget many things, and while they were talking in the interview, his wife was helping him. But when they went into the practice studio, never skipped a beat. He yeah. did not forget a thing about his singing career. You know, he was a great painter. Was as he well. really? Yeah, just an amazing painter. I could I could see how artistic yeah. people who have gifts in any yeah. of the arts, they kind of cross over to different areas. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Mr. Bennett. Thank you for all your music. Austin Doherty of Gaston and Everett White of, I think this is Alcia. I'll see. I'll see. Yeah. Okay. Are letting their hair down, David, for a good cause. Each one of them hopes to win a national mullet championship (laughs) while raising money for wounded service veterans. This is fantastic. Doherty and White are competing in the 2023 USA Mullet Championships. Doherty recently finished in the top third of the one to four-year age group, while White advanced among the nine to 12-year-olds. These age groups are guided by the old mullet saying, they say this, homeroom in the front, recess in the back. <laughs> David, we remembered as yes. business in the front. Party in the rear. That's right. Now Doherty and White are competing mullet to mullet in the top 100 kids age 1 to 12. Voting is now open through midnight, July 24th, if you want to help propel them to the finals. Here's how the contest works. Contestants in various age group categories post their photos and bios online, compete with a name for their mullet. Voting takes place on the Mullet Camp Champ website, It's free of charge. Mullet fans can vote for multiple contests once in a 24-hour period. I saw the photos of these. They're great. Are these kids just amazing? They are proud of that mullet. So I heard on one of the stories that one of the kids has never cut his hair. In the back. In the yeah, back. Yeah, just yeah. let it grow. Yeah, I can yeah, see that because yeah. the one young man, and I think maybe he's got some red hair, some red locks, curly <laughs> ones. Great. They're long in the back. That's awesome. And in sports, U.S. women's national soccer team begins pool play today in the 2023 FIFA World Cup in Auckland, New Zealand. The Americans will take on Vietnam in the opening round match that starts at 6 o'clock, be televised on Fox. U.S. is attempting to win its third straight World Cup title. There are quite a few familiar names on the national team, including Portland alum Megan Rapino and veterans such as Alex Morgan and Julie Ertz. Keep an eye on Portland Thorns' Sophia Smith, and she could be the goal-scoring star for the Americans. As we mentioned yesterday, Pioneer Courthouse Square, they've got that uh, big watch party today starting at noon. Two o'clock, it all begins with the movie Bend It Like Beckham, and then the match at six o'clock. There is a large part of my brain that really wants to get me (laughs) down to that square today. That'd be fun. 
Autism spectrum disorder affects millions of individuals around the world and more and more children and adults are being diagnosed each year. However, with all of the struggles of being on the autism spectrum, there is hope that this neurodivergence can be united to the cross of Christ and lifted up to become a great benefit to others. There have been many saints over the centuries who struggle greatly with their behavioral difficulties, but who persevered and followed God's will in the midst of it all. Another one. One of the saints, servant of God, Leone Martin. Mm. Now, this born the middle child, Leone was difficult, sickly. Her mother, Saint Zelie Martin, wrote in a letter to her sister-in-law saying, the poor child worries me. She has a very undisciplined nature and she's underdeveloped. Leone was expelled from school on multiple occasions for being unruly and disruptive. It took Zelie's sister, who was a visitation sister, great efforts to discover how to teach this young child. Even after trying different approaches to understanding, Zelie remained challenged by her daughter. She wrote in a letter, I'm fairly pleased with Leone if we could only subdue her obstinacy and soften her character, she would be a good girl faithful, unafraid of the sufferings she must endure. She has a will of iron. When she wants something, she will fight her way past any obstacle to obtain her goal. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this evening at 7 o'clock, St. James the Greater Patronal Feast Celebration happening in Vancouver. The Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater will honor its patron with exposition and benediction of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Vespers prayed during an hour of adoration. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. The community calendar is at matradayradio.com, and you're also going to find it on the Hail Mary Media app. And we have a clip from you from Voice of the Shepherd. We'll have it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, Inspire my will with courage. Enrich my life with service. Pardon what I have been. Sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be. And thine shall be the glory. And mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action 
by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities Program Information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. It's barbecue time once again at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. Hi, it's Brenda from the Morning Blend. Join me and the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows for their 60th annual family barbecue on Sunday, August 6th. Hello, this is Sister Anne-Marie. And this is Sister Therese. Be a part of our celebration of family, friends, and good food. You can choose takeout drive through or eat outside on the retreat grounds. We will be serving you your favorites, including mouth-watering hamburgers, pulled pork, or grilled chicken. Find all the details at olpretreat.org. Mark your calendars for Sunday, August 6th, as the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows host their 60th annual family barbecue. Catch this tasty summer treat with Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. We'll, we'll see, see you there. And it is 814 at Mater Day Radio. Morning clouds today, then sunshine later in the day, high of 85 degrees. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 61. Then sunny for Saturday, a little warmer, 87 for Saturday. 84 on Sunday. Currently 61 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. And 60 degrees at St. Matthew's Church in Hillsboro. One of the most popular shows here at Mater Day Radio is Voice of the Shepherd with Dana Marie Hale and our Archbishop Alexander Sample. This week, Archbishop talks a little bit about who the enemy is that we really should be fighting. Here is a clip of this week's show. I think that we need to, we just need to be uh, again, I, I, this is going to sound, I, I know for maybe for some, a program like this is going to sound very medieval <laughs> uh, and archaic in some ways, but I, I, I think we just need to face the reality in mm-hmm. which we we live. You know, and, and it's been said more and more and more by, by more than one, by popes, that, you know, the devil's uh, sort of greatest strategy is to convince us that he doesn't exist. And there are many, I have to tell you, there are many people out there Mm-hmm. who do not believe in the existence of the enemy, of Satan, Lucifer, the devil. Um, I've talked to Catholics who don't believe in, in, in the devil, in, in Satan, which is shocking to me. And it's sort of like, well, then what do we need Jesus for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, what do we need the redemption for? What do we need right. the sacrifice of the cross and the glorious resurrection for if, 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 if not for our, our defeat over the enemy who had us in his grasp? Um, you know, several, several years ago, I don't know how long ago the essay was written, but a, a famous Catholic author uh, by the name of Peter Kreft, it's uh, spelled K-R-E-E-F-T. He also wrote a wonderful book called uh, uh, The Snakebite Letters, which was sort of a modern day updating of C.S. Lewis's The, the Screw Tape Letters. But he wrote an essay called The Winning Strategy. You might want to look that up, uh, folks, if, if you can Google that. We, that's what we say now these days, I right? Know. Google it, Google it. Um, but it's a great, it's a great essay because it puts it in in sharp reality for us of what we're engaged in. And basically, he says, you know, in this in this battle that we are in, is it's a spiritual battle, it's a spiritual warfare. You know, three things are essential. Number one, we have to know that we are in a mm-hmm. battle. We ha- we need to know we are at war. Okay, there is a spiritual warfare going on here. 
And I know, I know, I know some people don't like that kind of language, but my gosh, this is, this is what the whole story has been about from Adam and Eve. <laughs> we are in a battle, a spiritual warfare with, with an enemy. So we need to know that, first of all. Secondly, we need to know who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, we need to know, okay, well, then what's the strategy? What's the winning strategy? What are the weapons that we need to use to, to engage in this warfare and win this, this battle? And, and I love the way uh, Peter Kreft starts the essay. It's, it's very tongue-in-cheek and very funny. But he says, you know, if you don't realize that civilization is in a crisis today, uh, I hope you had a nice trip to the moon. <laughs> in other words, like, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Look around you. We are engaged in in a spiritual warfare. We always have been. Right. Uh, I I I used to I used to say that you know okay, the good thing the good news is this war has already been won. Mm-hmm. Even though we I used to say even though we have to s- still fight out the final battles, the war is won because Jesus Christ has conquered uh, through His glorious death and resurrection, and the enemy is defeated. I heard, I heard someone say uh, recently, they'll put it a different way. He says, you know, yeah, the war's already over and has been won. We're just, we're just doing the mop-up. <laughs> we're yeah. doing the mop-up operations right now, right? But it's important that we realize that, that, that we have an enemy because God has an enemy. Mm-hmm. And he is Satan, Lucifer. The fallen angel, the great fallen angel, you know, some of our theological speculation is that Lucifer might have been the smartest, the brightest, the most beautiful of all the angelic creatures. Uh, But he rebelled against God in pride. He would not serve. Non serviam. I will not serve. And uh, we don't know exactly what the nature of his rebellion against God was. Uh, Some theologians have speculated that. When, when God's plan of salvation was revealed to Satan, to Lucifer, that, you know, God was going to come to the rescue of the human creature by becoming a man himself, and that one day Lucifer would have to bow down and worship before the Son of God made flesh in a human nature, because angelic nature is far above human nature. It's, it's a more perfect form of, of creature. Uh, because it's pure spirit, pure intelligence. Angels know things in a different way than rational creatures do. Uh, they know things intuitively, we call it, uh, whereas rational creatures like human beings have to reason through things. Uh, so they're more intelligent. Um, they're a, a more spiritual, higher nature, if you will, in the order of creation. And that Lucifer would have to bow down and worship before a human form. Uh, that Christ would take to himself that he would not. He said, "Non serviam." I will not serve. I will not do that. And, and rebelled and took took. Maybe some speculation. If you read Revelation with a certain interpretation, maybe a third of the angels fell with him and followed him. Now he's he's God's enemy. He is God's enemy, and he 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 hates God because he has lost God forever. He's rebelled. Now he can't attack God directly. <laughs> it's pointless. Mm-hmm. He can't battle with God. God is omnipotence. Uh, all all glory and, and power is in God. He, Satan has is is a creature. He's limited. He's not infinite. He's not infinite in intelligence. He's not infinite in power. He's not in, infinite in influence. Only God is. So there's no point in going up against God. That's a, that's that's futile. So what does he do? He goes after that which is most precious to God. Mm-hmm. His children. 
us. God created each one of us in his own image and likeness. And that's what we read in Genesis. We are very special to God. We are the crowning work, if you will, of the visible creation of earth. Um, And we are very precious in God's eyes. We, as I said, are created in his own image and likeness. And he has given his life for us. He has redeemed us in his son, Jesus. We are so precious to him. And so the enemy goes after us in order to get back at God. We are the target now. God, I mean, I mean, the, the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, he hates us. Mm-hmm. He really, he really hates us. Um, and because he doesn't want us to have what he can no longer have. He has been thrown out of the kingdom of heaven, the eternal bliss of being with God forever. He's lost that and he doesn't want us to have it. So he's going to try to do everything he can to take us down. And to remove us from God's protection, to remove us from God's presence for all eternity, uh, he goes after us. Uh, and, and so that's, that's the attack of the enemy. And so we need to know that. We need to be very, very clear that we are in a spiritual warfare and, and the enemy is very, very real. Yes, you know, and, and it's, yeah, it's very important to realize that, that there are, uh, yeah, so we, we, yeah, I'm glad you point that out, uh, Dina Marie, because really the enemy is not, right. uh, you name it. The enemy is not the secular media, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has been pretty hard on the church here locally lately. <laughs> the enemy is not the atheist. The mm-hmm. enemy is not the Protestant. The enemy is not the political people who disagree with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enemy is not the people that want us dead. The enemy is not the people that are spray painting in, in, mm-hmm. in our churches and, 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 and you know damaging our churches. That's not the, they're not the enemy. The enemy is Satan. Uh, and we need to keep our eye on the ball mm-hmm. and keep our fix fixation where it should be. And that is our Archbishop Alexander Sample on his show this week, Voice of the Shepherd. Now, you can listen to that show, the podcast of it. It airs on Tuesday evenings, but the podcast is available to you. You can find that at materdayradio.com. You'll also have access to the podcast and the archive of all of Archbishop's shows at on the Hail Mary Media app. So if you don't have that app, please download it today. And if you're on our webpage too, you can find the full programming schedule under the programming menu at materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Somewhere deep inside each one of us is a burning desire to finally become the person God created us to be. Amidst our brokenness, disease, and spiritual wounds, Jesus is responding today with transformative love and restoration. Join Dr. Bob Schutz, Bart Schutz, Sister Miriam James Heidland, and the John Paul II Healing Center for Healing the Whole Person and Day of Equipping, hosted by the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon from November 30th through December 2nd at Our Lady of Levang in Happy Valley. Through three days of teaching, worship, prayer, and testimony, you will encounter God in a powerful way, experiencing deeper freedom as the Father speaks to you in the depths of your heart. Learn more about in-person, Spanish, or virtual attendance options by visiting the John Paul II Healing Center online at jpiihealingcenter.org. That's jpiihealingcenter.org. 
Registration opens August 28th. Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is uh, 826 at Mater Day Radio. Got a couple of road issues for you. One a closure and one an opening. So uh, kind of a surprise opening, actually. We'll have that for you in the news. And it's a pilgrimage of peace to Japan to free the world of nuclear weapons. The Archbishop Seattle preparing to embark on this two-week mission. I'll have this story for you, plus more coming up in news in three minutes. Here is Sanctus Riel. My God is still the same. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Just ask the waves if they are still at the mention of his name. They'll say, My God is still the same. Ask the walls if they still fall at the mighty sound of praise.
That is Sanctus Real, and my God is still the same. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. A delegation from the Archdiocese of Santa Fe and Seattle will embark on a pilgrimage of peace to Tokyo, Akita, Kyoto, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, Japan from July 31st to August 12th. A news release from the Archdiocese of Seattle said the pilgrimage is driven by a compelling vision and mission statement, which is rooted in a world free from nuclear weapons due to their inherent threat to lasting peace. The delegation will be led by Archbishop John Wester of the Archdiocese of Santa Fe and Archbishop Paul Achen of the Archdiocese of Seattle and will include representatives from organizations and archdiocesan offices dedicated to nuclear disarmament and social justice. In addition to advocating for nuclear disarmament, the bishops hope to establish a prayerful and personal relationships with the bishops of Japan. In May, both archbishops, along with Archbishop Peter Nakamura of Nagasaki and Bishop Alexis Shirahama of Hiroshima, issued a joint letter to G7 leaders urging immediate action to prevent further proliferation of nuclear arms. In that letter, they noted that they are the spiritual leaders of the diocese with the most spending on nuclear weapons in the United States, that's Santa Fe, and the diocese with the most deployed strategic nuclear weapons in the United States, that's in Seattle, and of course the only two dioceses in the world to have suffered atomic attacks in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Well, it's a mixed bag of news when it comes to some of the fires burning around the region. Firefighters have made headway on that big paper mill blaze in Longview, Washington. It's been contained. The helicopter continues to drop thousands of gallons of water on the burning wood chips. Tougher going down in southern Oregon, though. The flat fire near Agnes in the rogue Siskiyou National Forest has grown to over 15,000 acres Trails, roads, and a portion of southern Oregon's Illinois River in the National Forest remain closed as more than 900 firefighters work to combat the blaze, which is threatening more than 40 structures near Agnes. Now, the Boulder Fire, which has burned around 230 acres in the Mount Hood National Forest, was estimated to be 90% contained as of Wednesday night, according to the United States Forest Service. Hopefully we have a little cooler weather early next week, so maybe that'll help the firefighters. We sure hope so. Well, good news is the Lewis and Clark Bridge in Longview has reopened to all traffic as of 5 p.m. Thursday. The Oregon Department of Transportation announced bringing an early end to the closure after just four days. ODOT closed the bridge to all vehicular traffic on Sunday evening so that crews could replace two finger joints and a fractured floor beam with only emergency vehicles and bikes still allowed across. The closure was originally scheduled to take up to eight days, but crews managed to finish all of that work over the past few days, ODOT announced on Thursday. The Washington Department of Transportation sent its own crews to complete deck sealing work during the downtime, which helps preserve the service life of the roadway. The early opening will come as a relief to commuters in the area who are facing hours-long detours to get across the Columbia River on Interstate 5 in Portland, on the Astoria Bridge out at the coast, or on the Wakayakum County Ferry. The bridge carries on average... 
20,000 vehicles a day. That's pretty busy. That's a busy bridge. It really is. Now, while that is good news, if you ever travel busy Highway 217 through Beaverton and Tigard, you know how busy that can be. Well, be prepared for even more heavy congestion. Beginning tonight, ODOT will be closing a northbound lane of 217 for nearly a mile between the Interstate 5 interchange and Oregon 99W. That section of 217 will be reduced to one lane all hours and days until 5 a.m. Monday, July 31st. The closure does not extend onto I-5, but northbound travelers on that freeway may see delays as times as traffic heading on 217 merges. You know how that is. Everything just kind of backs right. up. Project hopes to improve safety along 217 and reduce bottlenecks at the on and off ramps by building ramp-to-ramp connections between the Beaverton-Hillsdale Highway and Oregon 99W. So ODOT warns drivers to expect long delays, <laughs> and they recommend uh, plan ahead or the best alternative Choose alternative routes. Choose alternative Just don't go that uh, way. How long is this going to be again? Uh, until July 31st. So the, a full week. A full week, yeah. Amazon, Google, Meta, Microsoft, and other companies are leading the development of artificial intelligent technology, have agreed to meet a set of AI safeguards brokered by President Joe Biden administration. The White House said Friday that it has secured voluntary commitments from seven U.S. companies met to ensure their AI products are safe before they release them. Some of the commitments call for third-party oversight of the workings of commercial AI systems, though they don't detail who will audit technology or hold companies accountable. The four tech giants, along with Jat GPT maker OpenAI and startups Anthropic and Inflection, have committed to security testing carried out in part by independent experts to guard against major risks such as to biosecurity and cybersecurity. The companies have also committed to methods of reporting vulnerabilities to their systems and to using digital watermarkings to help distinguish between real and AI-generated images known as deep fakes. It will also publicly report flaws and risks in their technology, including effects on fairness and bias. You know, one of those uh, deep fakes? Yeah. Pope Francis. Yes. In a long white puffer coat or jacket. That was a good photo. It was a good look for him. It was. I, I'm, I liked I'm gonna it. I'm going to say that it, he could pull that off yeah. most definitely. It was fake, but it but was. But it was fake. Yeah. Uh, in sports, college football season is fast approaching with most training camps opening just a week or two. So the Pac-12 is holding its annual media day today in Las Vegas. Yesterday, the conference released its preseason media poll, and both Oregon and Oregon State are near the top. The Ducks finished fourth in the balloting, and the Beavers were right behind in fifth. USC Trojans got the top spot, followed by the Washington Huskies. Utah Utes placed third, then behind Oregon and Oregon State. The voters went with UCLA, Washington State, Arizona, California, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. So the Ducks opened the season at home against Portland State on September 2nd. It's a Saturday. Beavers start on the road at San Jose State on September 3rd. 
That is a Sunday. So think about this. We're just a little over a month away. You are downright giddy, David. I'm ready to go. Let's go. I hate that. You know, I don't want to blow through the summer. I love the summer, but yeah, you know, it's college football. Of course it is. Yes, that's right. Autism spectrum disorder affects millions of individuals around the world and more and more children and adults are being diagnosed each year. However, with all the struggles of being on the autism spectrum, there is hope that this neurodivergence can be united to the cross of Christ and lifted up to become a great benefit to others. Having such little information about the lives of the saints makes it difficult to make a certain diagnosis of autism, but there are a few individuals where positive diagnosis may have been likely throughout the show today. We have been talking about them. First, we spoke about servant of God, brother Juniper. Then it was the sister of St. Therese of Lisieux, servant of God, Leonie Martin. Well, here's another one you may know. St. Joseph of Cupertino. Hmm. Throughout his life, Joseph was highly misunderstood and ridiculed by everyone. His frequent visions and sudden outbursts of anger made him an object of mockery. Additionally, Joseph was very absent-minded, awkward, and extremely sensitive to his surroundings. When the school bell rang, Joseph would jump, drop his books on the ground. In fact, in school, Joseph earned the nickname Open Mouth. Because his mouth was always hanging open, he could barely read or keep focus and often would forget to eat his meals. However, even though he barely progressed in education, Joseph didn't seem to mind or notice and sought to gain entrance into a monastery. Now, this didn't go well for Joseph. The community did not understand him and his inability to complete simple tasks without breaking something. He was expelled from the monastery, but with nowhere to turn, Joseph came back and begged the community to at least hire him as a servant. The Franciscans consented, enrolled him in the third order, and inside him the task of taking care of the monastery mule. Joseph's joyful demeanor was infectious, and over time they gave him a second chance and allowed him into the community. Joseph was eventually ordained a priest and is most famous for his ability to levitate while saving mass. They tied a rope around his leg, they said, so we wouldn't fly up to the ceiling. Despite his lack of education, awkwardness in social situations, his inability to compete tasks, Joseph was widely known for his extreme piety, simplicity, and humility. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This evening at 7 o'clock, there's the choral concert at Holy Trinity Parish in Beaverton. The touring Young Voices of the Philippines will perform with the Filipino Chorale of Oregon and Southwest Washington. Tickets are $25, and you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Well, we have a probably tasty but... Not so healthy, I'm going to say. Second cup coming up. Stay with us. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. 
Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It is 8.43 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, we started the show. There was still some blue patches in the sky. Now it looks like that marine layer yeah. has pulled over across the region. So we've got some cloudy skies right now. But this high ridge, uh, this ridge of high pressure going to keep us sunny through the afternoon and well, through a warm weekend, daytime highs will continue to stay in the mid-80s today. Lots of sunshine overnight. We're going to stay in the low 60s. We are a couple of degrees warmer tomorrow, around 87 degrees. 84 on Sunday, 80 on a Monday, and looks like those 80-degree temperatures going to keep up. We'll watch Tuesday, maybe. Mm-hmm. It looks like there might be a weak disturbance moving in. It'd be nice to wash everything off a little bit with some rain. We'll see about that. No doubt about it. Currently 63 degrees at St. Luke's Church in Woodburn. And it is 64 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church in Vancouver. I work at Combination on my secret hideaway shelf. And I pull out some Fritos corn chips, Dr. Pepper, and an old moon pie. Then I sit back in glorious expectation of a genuine junk food high. Oh, yeah, in the daytime I'm Mr. Natural, just as healthy as I can be. Oh, but at night I'm a junk food junkie. Good Lord, have pity on me. All right. <laughs> I love that. Today, National Junk Food Day. How about that? Oh, it must be uh, Brenda Eat Bad Food Uh, Day then, for sure. So I was doing a little research on National Junk Food Day. And uh, so with the advent of packaged foods during the late 1800s, 
Junk food made its way into the American life. Still home-cooked meals remained the standard for several more decades. But eventually, after World War II, well, that's when packaged foods took off. Uh, Since the population ate out more, traveled more, the industry was primed to produce products at an increased rate. See the 1950s in TV dinners as uh, not to necessarily say that's a junk food, but that was kind of the beginning of processed foods. From the frozen food aisles to fast food chains, you know, the, the, the choices just grew. Potato chips, baked goods, just all available on the supermarket shelves, packaging, ready to go. By the 1970s, junk food earned its name by, I didn't know this, Michael Jacobson, a microbiologist. He's credited with coining that phrase, junk food, as he tried to set out to curb our appetite for high sugar, high salt, and high preservative foods that Americans were now eating at an alarming rate. And I dare say that's probably still the case. Uh, Although I think our knowledge has gotten better over time. The question is, do you have the fortitude to stay away? Yeah. Has it changed your behavior? Knowing that it is bad for you, has it changed your behavior? Yeah. and, And I would say yes to a certain point, but by golly, you put some kettle chips in front of me. And, and that's uh, it for that's you. That's it. I tell my wife, please do not buy them because you know I can't eat just one. It's got to be the whole bag. You can eat just one. Oh, one, you, yes. One bag. <laughs> well, I can do one bag very easily. So, uh, <laughs> But anyway, it, it is kind of fun to take a look at junk food just from a standpoint of the popularity. And I think you have a list, right, of like the top. The top. Now, yeah. David, between you and I, we it, it's a toss up yeah. in that number one spot. But you and I would cover those two uh, very close, highly favored junk foods. Yeah. The first one being potato, potato chips. Potato chips. That's yeah. up there. And uh, next to that, a tie which I can never pass up donuts. Yeah. Donuts. That's it. So uh, you like salty. I go for sweet. Yeah. I've got a sweet tooth that uh, <laughs> fills up my whole mouth. Don't get me wrong. I could eat. I could <laughs> eat a do. I could eat a donut or two. Uh, we're always blessed. It seems like during Sherathon, somebody oh. will bring in donuts, and it's just like, oh, yay, celebration. My other uh, just really Achilles heel is if you take a donut and you fill it with lemon. Oh yeah, lemon curd. You like the. Uh, I love lemon, lemon meringue pie, lemon chiffon cake, and yeah, lemon-filled donuts. Oh, God bless me. Please don't bring those in ever because I'll eat all of them. Oh, it's so (laughs) easy. You know, and that's the hard part is that, you know, on whole, it's okay, but you just have to limit yourself, and that's what becomes the difficult task is, like in my case— with potato chips, it's just very hard for me if there's a bag of potato chips. Just to, I'm just going to have one just out of one. the bag. Yeah. Let me tell you this other one that's a hugely popular in the top of the list, yeah. David. I know you cannot pass these up either. Oreo cookies. Oh yeah, that They're is good. top of the list yeah. too of uh, of junk foods. Uh, I'll enjoy a, a an Oreo cookie. Yeah, I absolutely. Now, here's a question for uh-huh. you. Do you like to eat the cookie whole or do you like to twist it open 
and scoop out the cream filling and then eat the <laughs> and cookies then, and, and, or, or dunk the cookies. Dunk and, the you know, cookie. And, you yeah. know, if you do twist it off, you have to uh, scrape the cookie on your bottom teeth. That's the proper oh, technique. I gotcha. yeah. You twist and it comes off and then it just kind of yeah. scrapes on the bottom teeth and then you can eat it. And then you put it back together because that still leaves a little <laughs> bit of frosting in there. Sure. Yeah. I can I can eat a, an Oreo cookie. I think maybe when I was younger, I was more interested in um, uh, taking out the inside first and then maybe mm. eating one of the chocolate pieces and throwing it over. It's interesting you use the bottom teeth to do that because I'm yeah. thinking of myself doing that and I would use the top teeth. Top teeth? Yeah. Ooh, no, yeah. I scrape it down. I on. So. All right. Okay. Just like corn on the cob, do you eat it across uh, ways or round or, ways? <gasps> David, yeah. what? Yeah. You mean not everybody eats around from one end to the other? You go in rows back and forth? Yeah, like a typewriter right across it. (laughs) And then, yeah, that's how I... You you spin it? Of course. Right. So you're taking... And you start... David, everybody knows you start (laughs) at the little end of the ear of corn. All right. And you you turn and go around. And you work your way towards And you wake your across. All right. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) We have our methods. (laughs) Yes. I once read an article that said we should make double stuff Oreo cookies, regular cookies, the regular Oreos, Mm -hmm. and then the regular Oreos that we have now call them Oreo light. Ah, Okay. Isn't that a good idea? That's thought, a great idea. You know, somebody yeah. was thinking that. That's there. a marketing ploy right there. Uh, all right. You know what my uh, other uh, downfall was with, <laughs> with the store-bought cookies, too, which I loved as a kid? Chips Ahoy. Remember Chips Ahoy cookies? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, those I would always dip in milk. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And then you go to bite it, and then the piece falls off and hits the bottom of your <laughs> glass. Right. You have to, get, you have to <laughs> wait to get to that. Then, then it's really nice and soggy. There are some more chips, though, that do line up. Now, this one I could see you not appreciating. I don't like it as much, too, because of the messiness of them. Mm-hmm. Cheetos. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, here's the question with Cheetos. Uh, the puffy ones or the crunchy ones? Oh. See? That's a, that's a conundrum right there. there. That is a conundrum. I'll have to set that to prayer and decide yeah. <laughs> what, Lord, should I have today, puffy or crunchy I, I got to say, I like the uh, crunchy Cheetos. Yeah. So anyway, uh, celebrate Junk Food Day, but do it very cautiously. Yeah. That's it for sure. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. 
For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Some morning clouds out there, then sunshine later today, high of 85. Increasing clouds overnight tonight, low of 61. Then tomorrow, Saturday, for Brenda's birthday. <gasps> oh, thank you. Sunny skies, high of 87 degrees. Just like your personality. <laughs> sunny and 87? <laughs> yeah, sunny and 87. <laughs> Bright and sunny. Sunday, sunny as well, high of 84. It is currently 64 degrees in the Rose City. And closing off our show today in the right way, here is Tasha Layton, Love Lifting Me. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
is Tasha Layton and Love Lifting Me. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill It calls to me To Ah, uh, Tony Ben, we will miss you, sir. Thank you so much for your music. It's been uh, just a wonderful career for him, and uh, God bless you. Oh, God bless him. God bless his family. But God, thank you for the blessing that his voice was to oh. so many people. I think of all the couples that may have danced at their weddings yeah. to, to Tony Bennett. He has a place in American art history mm-hmm. oh, forever. So prayers for his family. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Morning Blend this week. We appreciate it. Brenda, have a happy birthday tomorrow. Well, thank you so much. It's going to be a very great weekend, I think, ahead. And mm-hmm. to all our listeners, uh, have a very blessed day, a blessed weekend. We'll come back on Monday.